Welcome to The Well Podcast, a safe place to find health and wholeness for your body, mind, and heart. My name is Kari Davis. After being widowed at 38 with three little kids and now blending our family with a man that made my heart come back to life, I know that it is hard to calm the chaos through life's ups and downs. If you are lost in the overwhelm of motherhood, if you're trying to be mindful of true self-care again, or if you need to find simple ways to detox your life, mind, and home, come to The Well. Our online wellness collaborative of coaches where you can find restoration through natural wellness, inner healing, and faith that brings freedom to your heart. In the Bible, the woman at the well went to the well for water, but when Jesus showed up with truth and healing, she got living water. Grab your bucket, a cup will not do, and join me at the well. It's time to refill, reset, and restore. Oh my gosh, you're not going to believe this. I am in my house all alone. This is so amazing. Oh, it just started thundering. (laughs) So we could still have some noise. I have missed you. I have missed (laughs) talking to you. Wow, end of the summer with a lot of kids. Am I right? Who has a lot going on in August? I have a fever blister the size of my face on my lip. I had every intention. I was so organized. I had been getting my cortisol level down and working with the Way Less Warriors group that I run, that I'm running this month in August for us to combat cortisol and balance our hormones and lose weight. Ah, that's been tabled for the last week. Everything hits when the kids go back to school. It is just no joke. All of the supplies, and then we throw in birthdays in August. My stepdaughter's birthday, my birthday, and it's supposed to be like this fun time, but now that they've moved school up that we start so early in August, it's like you're on full summer, and then it's just halt, crash, everything hits all at once, and so... I'm going to go back and listen to the episode that I recorded last week about stress management tactics because I have got to get them back into my routine. This last week has been really, really stressful. So what about you? How are you doing? Um, I'm going to talk today about resilience. I listened to the most amazing woman. I'm not even sure exactly uh, what she does, but I know that she is just a wealth of knowledge. Her name is Rebecca Lyons, L-Y-O-N-S, and she is a Christian woman. I think she's either a therapist or she's very trained in neuroscience, and I listened to her on the Confessions of a Crappy Christian podcast. I don't know if you've listened to her, but it's she's she just talks from a Christian perspective, but also in She tackles those cultural things that are going on right now. And so it's really refreshing when I'm in kind of a feisty mood or like I've been this week, kind of angry about a lot of things, just a lot of things went wrong. And I I like just like that sassiness. I have different podcasts that I listen to when I'm feeling different ways and she's kind of my sassy one. So I wasn't expecting this really heartfelt conversation about resilience But it came at a really great time, and it made me emotional, and I took a little bit of time to feel my feelings about it, because I think that she's on to something. She just wrote a book about 
Building a Resilient Life, and she started it for her children. Her children are, two of them are my kids' ages, starting college and in college. And it so just, I can relate to her in that way. But then she also has a child with Down syndrome, and she also inv- uh, adopted a little girl from China. And so I just was introduced to her like yesterday. But I took some notes on what she said because I think it was so amazing that she wrote this book for her children, but then it turned into an entire book about being resilient. And I've talked about resilience before on the podcast, but there could be an entire podcast about resilience. But she talks about it in light of post-COVID. So I don't know if you know this, but our generations are defined by the first big event that you can remember. So baby boomers, for example, their first major event was... Actually, I don't know theirs. Um, No, yeah, JFK being shot. That's my mom's generation. So that's kind of, she remembers being in elementary school and seeing that. I know for my generation, Generation X, uh, a lot of us were defined by 9-11, I believe. And then the generation after that, I forget which one it is. But our kids right now, especially if you have children that were school age, to high school age, to college age, they're going to really be defined by COVID. But she had so many interesting statistics about how COVID was a pandemic, but it actually turned into being a mental health pandemic more than the actual virus. So not to minimize, I know that the virus hurt a lot of people, but because we didn't have the tools in our tool belt as a culture to deal with the trauma. And I'm she's talking about acute. So acute is something that happens suddenly and all of a sudden. Capital T trauma. And so there's always been trauma in in our history. There's been wars, there's been I mean genocides. There's I mean if you think of World War II and everything that our world has been through, this isn't the hardest thing that we've ever been through as a society throughout history, but it was defined by flipping how we should cope as a human race on its head. And so this is what she said. I think you'll find this so interesting. So mental health usually has risen during a time of trial. In past wars, we were tethered with a shared goal, a shared enemy, and an action plan. And so mental health actually went up got better because as a society, when we have community, I'm quoting her here, so these are not my my thoughts. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of regurgitating this podcast I listened to. Healing would always begin with community. You would have that common goal, that common thing that we were all working towards, right? During the Industrial Revolution, during World War II, the women went to help in the factories, and that's how so many things happened. And then in Vietnam, people worked together to... Vietnam was a little bit, I I would say, historically a a trickier one because there were some people that we were not... You know, they weren't unified about the war. But it always... Healing and staying well mentally always began with community. And then the next important thing is regulatory rhythms. So eating breakfast as a family, 
going and, you know, getting your exercise, a lot of the natural living and self-care that I talk about on this podcast, she calls regulatory rhythms. So getting up, taking your kids to school, regular life, making breakfast, dropping them off, going to work out, going to work, coming home. Oh man, did that get disrupted during COVID, right? When we were all told to stay home. Then number three is really leaning into your faith and also getting therapy, coaching, um, the different help. And then number four, in a time of crisis, you lean on medicine. So what happened in COVID? This was turned on its head. First was medicine. It was just take this shot. And the terms kept changing. So we didn't lean to our faith. We had to lean on whatever we were being told to do. The terms kept changing. We were told to wait and hear what we can do. And God did not wire us to just be told what to do. Our resilience is where we get healing from. We are made in his image (laughs) to do the things in a healthy way. And mentally, that is what our minds need. So we had no community to walk through this crisis because we weren't allowed to be together. And resilience went the opposite way and and the mental health problems skyrocketed. So this was just so healing for me to hear this morning. And it in a time of stress, just like back to school, that's nothing compared to what we dealt with in 2019, 2020. But even into 2021, I would say that we were still in that intense state of fight or flight because there was still not community. There was, because the terms had kept changing, because there was so much arguing about the shot, about different things, we didn't have that sense of community back yet in 2021 or even 2022. I would say in 2022, we started to kind of get back to normal life, but we were very dysfunctional. These are my words now. I'm not, I'm not talking, uh, quoting her anymore. But in 2022, We kind of didn't know where we stood. It was very dysfunctional. We swept it all under the rug and just said, oh, thank God it's over. And I think a lot of us just kind of crashed. I learned as a really young mom that when when you go into fight or flight, the body truly does not send blood to the frontal cortex, to the front of your brain, where you process emotion and also have reasonable thoughts. It goes to the reptile part of the brain, the back, where you're just in that fight or flight. So then when the blood rushes back, you're exhausted. That's why when you have these crazy times of stress and then, you know, the milk spills all over the kitchen and then the dog does whatever and the kids are doing this, that's why you get so stressed out quickly. You get fight or flight. And then when it's over and you get all the kids buckled in the car seats And you're on your way, you're like, oh my gosh, why am I so exhausted? After a time of fight or flight, you're just exhausted. So when you find peace, you actually just want to rest. Um, And she did talk about this too, that after you find peace again, that tiredness just really, really set in. And she said, so we're left with some PTSD and we need an action plan to move forward. We need to, and these are some of her tactics, name the pain. Okay, I talk about feel your feelings, but we have to talk about what happened. And so many of us just got so 
exhausted from all of the trauma that then we just didn't feel like doing anything. That's when everyone started watching Netflix and gained 40 pounds if they hadn't already. (laughs) And our body just finally started resting. And so the hormone balance is so much harder to achieve now because we didn't go through the proper healing channels. And so it's just really, really interesting that no matter what you think about COVID, no matter where you lived at the time, if you were on lockdowns, if you weren't, no matter what, if you were arguing with family members or you were on the same page as family members, whether you were on social media fighting or off social media feeling alone and lost, no matter what, we went through a state of trauma as an entire globe and we didn't handle it properly. We didn't get the closure like you need when you break up with a boyfriend in high school or college, right? We needed the closure. We needed to come back to the table and say, okay, what was true of what happened? What was good? What was a lie? What was wrong? In order to, what she calls it is, oh, I just lost it. What she calls it is name the pain or feel the feelings, that's exactly what we needed to have happen. We needed to welcome people back into community again and say, oh man, this is what happened and we're all in this together now. And that just, that never happened. We were never able to go back. You know, maybe you maybe you were, I, I don't know. Maybe there was a lot of reconciliation and going back, but I know for me, It was just over and some of the hard conversations or misunderstandings or assumptions that people made about what I believed about COVID, even the fact that COVID became a belief system rather than just facts, was just so, so hard for so many people. And I think that we haven't, even in that one part of our lives, we haven't had time to get that healing that we needed. So we just all jumped back into life. And our bodies are dysregulated. Our hormones are all over the place. Many of us have gained weight either from the inflammation of having the virus. I know a lot of my health issues came after I had COVID and the mental health challenges that I had after that. And so, so many of us are dealing with the ramifications, but we're not talking about the COVID part because we still don't have unity and community about it because we still... The, the definitions that were redefined, the, the direction that we got from authorities that we don't know if we believe or not, the misinformation has not been cleared up. And our bodies, you know, I'm hearing from so many in my Way Less Warriors group this, this month that are still de- dealing with hair loss. They're still de- dealing with major inflammation in the body that they're giving themselves all of this pressure about losing weight and balancing their hormones, but everything that they do doesn't seem to be getting to the root cause. I think a lot of that is still about COVID, and we're just not talking about it. So anyway, I was not anticipating stumbling on this last night, but I thought that she just so beautifully articulated the healthy ways for a society to go through a hard time and then how we went through it. And it just wasn't healthy. And it wasn't good. I had the best counselor. I've talked about him before. His name was Lauren. And his counseling style sometimes was so simple. You would tell him something that was going on in your life. And he would pause. 
and say, oh, that is not good. And I was like, right? It's just not good. That's sometimes all we have to be told is when someone hurts us or someone is not as sensitive as maybe we needed them to be when our cup or our tank is so deflated and we don't even maybe know why. We haven't even had time in the busyness of school and events and feeling our children's emotions and helping our husbands and being there for other people as caregivers and homemakers in our home. Sometimes we don't even know how we're feeling. We just know that it's not good. It just doesn't feel good. And our feelings cannot always be trusted, but digging deep and finding the root of what we're really feeling is so, so important. So when we teach our kids resilience this fall, (laughs) let's use some of these tactics. Let's use some of these strategies to help them stop and be still and to feel what they're feeling. And they might not know why. So sometimes, you know, my kids don't like me to psychoanalyze them and say, well, you know, where do you think it's coming from? Or what are your fears right now? Or what are you, what are you feeling anxious about? They don't always know. It's taken me, I didn't even start to accurately depict my, or to be able to articulate my emotions until I was like 40 years old. So so we can't expect these young children or these middle-aged kids where their brains are so hormonally all over the place and their frontal lobe is not fully processed. We can't expect them to be able to pull out their emotions either. We just can lead them and guide them about what is healthy. And we all need to slow down, especially this month, to sit and just be together, to talk about the schedule, yes, talk about what you need for school, yes, but also to ask those critical questions to each other, like, how are you feeling? Like, are you worried about anything? Is there anything that I can do to help? So much of our kids are getting so much messaging about what to buy and what their friends are wearing and what is cool and what isn't cool. And they're just in this rat race. Let's remember how you felt in middle school, how you felt in high school, even elementary, how you felt in college, how insecure you felt. And let's teach them that they're not alone. And let's also remember what they've been through. They're the generation that went through COVID. Some of your babies were in kindergarten during the COVID year where their teacher maybe had a mask or they were virtual learning. We'll never know what that did until generations in the future. We'll be able to look back with clarity, but we don't exactly know what our kids have missed and what they haven't missed. I also heard Rebecca Lyons on her Instagram page say, that we'll we'll not know what it's changing in our children that we always have our phones in front of our faces. This is the first generation that the parents are always distracted and have a mini computer that we're looking at all the time. And I don't say this to make you feel shameful or convict you, or maybe it is to convict you and to, and to convict me as well. Are we so busy doing all of the things that we haven't even been able to process our trauma so that we can show up differently for how our kids need us. And so I know that this is a really big topic, and I just pray that you are giving yourself a little bit of a break today 
that when you've been through trauma, I have had my share. And so my emotions and my just brain gets very dysregulated much easier than it did before I lost my husband suddenly, before having COVID and going through that. I can, I have a lot of different PTSD symptoms from trauma. And so maybe you do too. And maybe it's time to think about those things. Did you lose someone at a young age and you have not gotten healing from those parts? Did you not have community the way that you needed? Did you not get the help? Did maybe you throw medicine at something first when medicine should be fourth? So to review her four steps um, after trauma, number one is to find community to have someone to be there for you and with you, to have sympathy, but also empathy. Uh, All of those things in community are what we need so bad and why I pray that even the things that I post in the Well Facebook group, they're not always like these aha moments, but just little nuggets that in community, I want you to come here to the Well to just get that that little nugget of encouragement. Because I know sometimes that's all we get is to see a little word on social media for the day. And then number two after trauma is to have those regulatory rhythms, just those eating, sleeping, drinking water, going to work, moving your body, just those ways that our bodies were made to move and to be healthier. Then number three, I wouldn't put this third, but this is really what helps the most. It's obviously first in many ways, but leaning onto your faith, but also getting that healing that comes from God's word or from therapy. And the number four is medicine if you need it. Now, this is not a full list. We could we could make up a different list after trauma, but I definitely think it's somewhere to start because many times we don't allow God to get in and do the healing that we need if we haven't just had that human connection first that, that we know that we're not alone. We're, our hearts are so much more tender to receive when we know that we're not alone. And so I think she's really onto something. So follow her on Instagram. I was just so impressed with so much of her content. I appreciated it so much. And people can say what they want about social media, but we are able to get so much encouragement from one another and these little drips online. And so I hope this podcast is that for you. Go check her out at R-E-B-E-K-A-H-L-Y-O-N-S. I would ask her to be on the podcast, but I think that she is on like way bigger podcasts than mine. (laughs) Maybe someday, right? And um, definitely follow some of her stuff. I will definitely be quoting her and regurgitating so much of what she says because I think it is so helpful to get the root cause of what we need to rest and to be restored. So have a wonderful day. I hope that you are feeling refilled after being at the Well Podcast. Please take a second and fill out a review. This is the only way that we know if you're enjoying the podcast and what you're enjoying about it. Also subscribe so that you don't miss any episodes. And we would love to have you in our Facebook community group. The link is in each episode. We are better together at the Well.